Gospel Message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Praise the Lord. I feel very honored to be here this morning. And I want to thank our dear pastor, if beyond preaching, I have missed you. And uh, we're so grateful that we could be here to fellowship today. And then I want to tell you, you have a great pastor who believes in you. And it's a joy for you to keep growing stronger and stronger here. Amen. I will keep you standing as we read the scriptures together. And... Uh, will take off this short journey. Mark chapter 2 verse 21 to verse 22 will be our opening scriptures looking at the word and the focus new beginning. And we'll be reading together Mark chapter 2 verse 21 to 22. Shall we read? No one sows a piece of unshrunk. Hold it, give me the old King James. That's how I agree. Then we can go to other translations later on. Is that okay? So let's try old King James. All right, this looks like it. So shall we read? No man also sweat a piece of new clothes on an old garment, else the new piece that fill it up taken away from the old and the rent is made worse. Verse 22. And no man put new wine into old bottles, else the new wine do it burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be mad. But new wine must be put into new bottles. Lift up your hands to heaven and say, Father, I receive newness of ideas that will advance my cause in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It's very important looking at these two verses of scriptures that life permutations must be done in a distinctive manner. There must be a distinction between the old and the new. That if you're going to run farther in life, you can get the old to sustain what is new that God would like to do with you. For several of us, looking backward, we have had two life stories we can talk about. The old life story and the new life story. And every time a man goes through certain challenges and pressure, you have to come to a point where you walk out intentionally out of whatever mess you have found yourself, not trying to manage it into a new experience. Are you getting my takeoff point? 
So we must realize that the old can injure us. The old can cause a setback. And for several, we've gone through all manner of experiences. And we cry out of them. And we're trying to go further to do something new. But we don't want to drop the old. So he's saying you can combine the past failure with the new journey ahead of you because the memory and the experience of it will threaten the new. Amen? So did you follow me to this point? So the old experiences could have messed you up. For example, you've been in a relationship and you've been messed up over and over by a particular person and you're walking out of it and you're starting a new one and you're tolerating the same thing you tolerated in the old. You have the same cycle repeated. Amen. So it's important to say, if I will have a new beginning, then I must do a total departure from the old. That's what the scripture is saying. You can't put a new cloth and tie it with an old one. That point of journey will be the weakest point. You can't get a new wine and put in an old wine skin. In the Old Testament days, in the olden days, wines were not kept in bottles. They were kept in a kind of a sack cloth bottle kind of container. So when you pour it, the, the energy generator can bust off that wine skin. And so you can't put a new wine in an old wine skin. Why? Because the new is new in all of its strength and the old is getting weaker and weaker and you can combine the two together. Life take us through different kinds of journey of old experiences. And when you look back at some of the old experiences you've had, at times you have felt very bad, a sense of great regret, and a sense of being used and just being abandoned and being taken advantage of. You must intentionally, if you are going to embrace the new, you must walk out of your pain intentionally. You must Build a fresh level of confidence to say, yes, it's true. I have struggled for so many years, but there is a season ahead of me. It's called a new beginning. And if the new will be new, then we must allow the old to end. Amen? And so, looking at Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19 to 20, Isaiah 43 Verse 19 to 20, the Bible says, Behold, I will do a new thing. The devil could have caused so much before now. Maybe you've lost your marriage or lost one opportunity or lost your health or the health is falling apart. God says, I will do a new thing. I will fix together whatever thing the enemy had messed up. Amen. I can't hear your amen. Is it a sin to say amen? amen. Pastor just told you it's warm. Isn't that so? So I'm going to do a warm preaching very shortly. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness 
and rivers in the desert. Few lessons. Number one, you must see the new that God is showing you. He said, behold, I will do. To behold means to see. See a new you. See a new opportunity. See a new rising. See a new lifting. Behold, I will do a new thing. And too many times, because we live in a generation that pretends, nobody knows you need a new thing. Are you hearing me? I was preaching in Portacot. And here was a woman, beautiful lady. But I was just doing my own preaching. And just that's what I do. And that's what I'm doing now. And I said, preach. I used to love walking among the crowd. I'm just watching you. I'll soon start moving around you. Are you hearing me? So as I move around preaching, and I saw this lady, she looked at me, and she smiled. And the Lord said, she's dying. She's in pain. She needs help. So I said, come here, ma. And then she walked up to me, right in the crowd. I said, I don't know how down you have been. I don't know how confused you are. But I can see my spirit that you are stranded. You are confused. She broke down in tears. And she said, so God saw me. She wept like a baby. Fell down there in the crowd. Lifted her up again. Then I tried to whisper to her ears. I said, hear the word of the Lord. And the Lord rebooked me. And said, don't whisper to our ears. Say to everybody to hear. They will be the witness. Then I said to her, I said, everybody hear what God is saying. When next I'm in this city, this same woman who you all see will be back here in this meeting. Because I organized that meeting. It's called Alone with God in the city of Portacourt. It's well known a meeting if you, go to, if you live in Portacourt. So when next I'm here, this lady, her life will have changed completely. And you will find it difficult to recognize her. Everybody said amen and we closed the meeting. I run that meeting three, three months in Portacourt. So the next third, the third month, I was back. And I were running the meeting. And the same lady who broke down, who was so confused, who had lost all direction because life had cheated her, walked into the same meeting as a totally brand new lady. Here's the story. True life story. One of the governor, she used to be a contractor for Shell before this lady, and then they blocked her out because she was not playing game. And then everything just went bad and bad and bad and bad and bad. Here is her story. We're running that meeting. She walked in with police escort, with Audley, with PA, everybody carrying her bag, everything. Say, sit down here, ma. I was watching because I was already preaching, so I was just watching. And then it was testimony time, and she walked up and said, How many of you saw me three months ago? Everybody was there. She said, I can't explain how God works. It said me that I have been banned from Shell's contract. I didn't even go near there again. 
He said, David, start looking for me after that meeting and offer me what they should not offer anybody. You know, a kind of a permutation where you tell the person what to put down and what to submit. And they are going to take the decision. He said, it should not be done. See, but it was done for me for a reason I can't explain. No bribe, no kickback. I didn't know anybody in the system. Something was compelling a new season. And that is what you are about to experience today. There's going to be a compulsion, a force of God to draw the line between the old struggle and a new day. While that was running for her, one of the governor dissolved his cabinet. And if you're conversing with Nigerian story, you will know the governor and the state. Dissolve his cabinet. And this lady is not a politician. Nobody knows her anywhere in the political cycle. She just had her name on the radio and television. I don't know how this got her details. She's been, she was appointed the commissioner for finance for that state. What? All within three months. Because a word went ahead. There is a word going ahead of you. What men can do, what the laws can do, because the law is rigid and fixed, God will break it and cause a new season. She became commissioner. So she came with police. Commissioners arrived. When she stood up, I mean, this is a three-month matter. Not a six-year or three-years matter. In three months, she was coming for that meeting for the first time. The first three months, three months earlier she came. Said, I wish I'd know you much earlier. So I've suffered. So as I'm talking to you, I'm in my 50s. I'm not married. I said, that's the least God will do. Let's just hear all that God is doing here first. Nothing compares a new season like the authority of the word of God. You may desire it, you may pray for it, but it's not going to happen until a greater force make a declaration. And when that voice comes, it changes times and season. That was the testimony of Daniel. When he got the secret of the king, he said to the king, the Lord, he's a revealer of secret things. Your life can be a lot more than this if the redos of life are resolved. Life is full of redos. Coded. Amen. So you say, I'm beginning to walk around you now. Is it okay, Pastor? That's what I do in my church too. God has blessed us. We have a great church. We have a beautiful place, a 3,000 seater. And when I teach and preach, I move around my people. And once I'm moving around, they start looking at me. Because you know what I do? I pick people when I preach and move around and prophesy. So this is what God is saying. And that is it. It comes to pass. It comes to pass. A new day breaks. Behold, I will do a new thing. The word is behold. Once you don't see what God is saying about yourself, then your struggle remains. Do you understand what I'm talking about? 
Behold, I do a new thing. Because there are too many old events around you. We need to close down. Something new needs to begin. I do a new thing. You need to see it. Lift up your right hand if you don't mind. Lord, let me see what you are seeing. Whatever you are seeing about my life, open my eyes to see it. I want to enter a new season, a new experience, a new beginning. I'm tired of carrying this old load. Lord, open my eyes that in seeing I will see. Amen. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. If you can see it, you can have it. It will spring forth. But if you can't see it, wow. I do a new thing. I do a new thing. I do a new thing. Let me read three things to you about new things. And then, soon begin to pray. Behold, I do a new thing. Everyone must be committed for a fresh start. Your life is not ended and nothing can mess up your life. It doesn't matter how many disappointments, how many levels of frustration, there's always a joy of a new beginning. I said, well, it's been many years now. I don't know how to come out of it. Friends, just come out of it. God can start you up again afresh. Are you with me? God can. He's preaching in the Netherlands. And three prostitutes were in the meeting. Full class. No, yeah, yeah, prostitute. First class. They don't even go around with all kinds of people. These ladies, when you see them, you know that, yes, these are ladies. You know what I'm talking about? I finished preaching. We have been unusually blessed. I did only three conferences. And we've been unusually blessed that I was asking God, Lord, why this so much money? For what? Because I just keep them. And when we finished preaching, these three ladies followed convicted of their sins, followed us to where we stay. However, now, stayed there and cried and cried and cried. God said, hey, that money I was giving you, I'm talking of thousands of euros. You got what I'm saying? Because God was mighty in, that, in those conferences. I'm not talking of 10,000 euros, though. I'm talking about thousands of euros. And I was wondering, why that kind of honorarium? What did I preach in three meetings? Kept keeping the money. I was telling my wife, thank God, it's like God is blessing us. God said, yeah. Um, All that money that you got, (laughs) I wanted to divide it into three. Give each of this lady a portion. Listen. You will be greater if you're familiar with the voice of God. You won't run life on guesses or assumptions. Shared it among these three ladies, or they broke down in tears. And they felt so grateful. And I said, Go look 
for your parents, send a portion to your parents and ask them to bless you. And I said to the three of them together, I said, thus saith the Lord, in the next one year, no human being, whoever knew you, will recognize you. Because your life will have changed forever. And that you're going to get your papers, you're going to have a correct family life, all in one year. They said, amen. <laughs> Took my telephone numbers. We came back to Nigeria with nothing. So I tell people, I said, look, I don't preach around to look for money. I just speak for God. That's what I tell some pastors when I preach for them. I said, don't give me honorarium with an interpretation of exchange rates in my country. I didn't come here to look for Naira in the currency of your country. I said, I came here as a man of God. And anything God puts in your heart, if it is one dime, give it to me because I do not live on your honorarium. I am sufficient by God's mercy. So I have no reason to lie or compromise or change standard. And you don't have to insult me. But I gave one stupid honorarium. I said, in Naira, I don't want Shena. And then you sh divide it for me. I said, this should be okay in Nigeria. I didn't come as a Nigerian preacher. I came as the voice of God. <laughs> Did you hear me? So I prefer you don't even give me anything. They give me something that looked very insultive. So I gave to all these three people. And they left. I was back in Paris the following year. In a conference called Miracles Still Happen. I was the main speaker for four nights. Here was a lady. And the husband sat in the front. Crossed their leg. And this lady will forever be smiling. I said, what a temptation. I am preaching the word of God. A lady sat in the front and she's smiling. I said, listen. So I stopped going to her direction. So I faced another place. Deliver me from temptation. And I was done preaching and she walked up to me with her husband and said, we were in Netherlands a year ago. Remember those three ladies who wept and followed you? I said, yes, yes. He said, I'm one of them. He says, sir, you wouldn't believe what has happened to the three of us. We are all now married. We all now have our documents. He said, we didn't lie to those who married us. We told them our lifestyle, how bad our past was. He said, but we know the word of God has gone ahead. He said, they, are, they married us as bad as we were. He said, I told my husband, once we saw the flyer, you were coming. I said, that is the man, that is the man, he's coming, he's coming. So they cancel all their schedule. Now, one of them, how many after the three? One of them and the new husband gave me a financial blessing that was more than what I gave all the three of them a year ago. Are you getting what I'm saying? And he says, the other two are looking for you, sir. Can I give them your number? I said, why not? Why not? There is joy when a new beginning comes. And I believe somebody here is entering a new season. A new beginning. A new change. Did you hear me? So you must be able to see the new thing God is saying to you. 
Number two, acquire knowledge of this new thing. He said, behold, I will do a new thing and even make, no, let's go back. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? Knowing it is very important. Knowledge. Know it. Know it that God can change my life. Know it that this situation that looks like a dead end can experience the touch of God and a new day can break. Nothing kills a man like being ignorant of what God can do. And you know today we have a way of thinking and restricting God in our mind and in our expectations. Well, God can do all things but um, I'm not sure. You know what I'm talking about? You're going through a situation and say, well, I hope something happened. These are not languages of faith. So, who damage your understanding? Who taught you something else that cannot provoke God? Are you hearing me? You are talking about the word of God and say, I hope, I hope something happened. Nobody lives that way and experiences the supernatural. It doesn't work that way. Faith is throwing yourself in the hands of God and say, Lord, what you can do, no one else will do it. I just retire myself in your hand, drive my life on. I will not doubt you. You know what faith does? If you're going to live by faith, is you keep believing, even though they keep reading the law to you and telling you, this is the law. This is the law. It can change. And there's nothing that's going to change it. This is the law. Did you hear me? This is the law. Sir, Daniel changed the law. In Daniel chapter 6, the law of Pasha and Medes, which no man can change, Daniel bowed his knees and the law was altered. Esther changed the law. He said, nobody sees the king without invitation and leave. That was the law. And it was the law of Pasha and Medes. But Esther changed it. And you are the third person to change it. Amen. These were strict laws. But it was changed. So don't tell me, oh, this is United Kingdom, man. Things don't work that way. Everything is structured when God is not there. Did you hear me? Nothing can change when God is not involved. He makes day and night. He speaks to men in their dreams. He changes times and seasons. He's mighty in his ways. None of his word return to him empty or void. If he says it, he's committed to it. Acquire knowledge. Oh, this, this is the cancerous thing. They say it's well spread already and they got a few more days to live. When you have the knowledge of the word of God, cancer will end. A new day will open. Are you still here? Let me check my Okay. Knowledge. Of the new things. is very important. So what are the new things you are trusting God to do with you? Do you understand how God does such things? 
Or you want to do it the way you've been raised in your cultural setting and what to do. You know, something can just rise in you to say, Lord, I will trust you for this. I can believe you for this. I talk a lot on relationship. If I talk about relationship in most conferences, got amazing responses. Then here was I, done preaching. Relationship matter. Lady divorced for seven years. Legally divorced. Both family agreed to the divorce. Walked to me and said, it's time I am missing my husband in seven years. Just hearing some of these principles you are teaching. Can God give me my husband back? I said, why not? If you want him. Yes, I want him. I realize I've been a very bad wife from this teaching. If I know what I know now, I wouldn't have lost my marriage. It was in Europe, not in Nigeria, where you do family meeting. You got all sent to you. I said, don't worry. I said, get on your knees. My wife was there. I told her, I said, stay behind this lady. Prayed with her. Hey, in three months, your husband will be back. She said, amen. We'll pack our load and left. That was July. Early September, my phone rang from this lady. I said, Reverend, guess what? My husband just called me and says, he says he's feeling sorry that we broke this marriage and he doesn't mind for us to come together again. He said, but I want to tell him that I'm not interested. As we are not serious. <laughs> yeah, 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 lady. You're not a serious person at all. You thought it was your cosmetic that brought him? I said, this is the word of God. You better embrace it. They are together now. Living very, in fact, they said to me, the two of them, says, as though we just got married. I said, because God is involved now. All those issues of guiding your sex life with, with pornographic movies over. Because only unwise people do such things. Wow. I didn't like that. Let me repeat myself. Guiding your sex life with pornographic movies is for unwise people. Men who live that lifestyle can never be faithful. It's a matter of time. And will never be satisfied with one person. It's a matter of time. I wish I had my book here on marriage. I wrote one, Marriage, the Word of Exploration. And I said, nobody knows marriage. Except the parties involved. And no two marriages are the same. So when you start comparing your marriage with another person, you soon be in trouble. You've got to explore. That's how you the word, the word of exploration. You explore each other on every matter, including your sex life. Not aided by anybody. You just keep exploring. It's what you find that is yours. Ah, you're quiet now. I was soon close. on close. Was anybody gaining anything? Are you glad you came to church? Knowledge. Number three. Resist every old believing system 
of past failures. Resist every old believing system of past failures. If you're going to enjoy a new beginning, a new thing, a new level of help, then you must intentionally, intentionally, not say, well, if it happened, no, intentionally resist in your mind every old believing system of past failures. Any area you failed before. Because there's a way when you fail in a certain area of your life before, you want to try it again. The devil comes and says, hey, you're going to fail. She, you remember how you failed the other time. So nothing new, nothing has changed. Just expect, prepare for failing. You've got to fight that in your mind. Will you be willing to do that this morning? You're going to fight it. They will tell you, oh, it's not possible. It's too late. Say, no, you lie, devil. I have a new beginning. That was my yesterday. A new day is before me. Fight it. Resist it. Tell the devil you can't. Will you be ready to do that? And it's not a quiet man's prayer. It's not a prayer you take with a coffee. It's hallelujah. We just thank you. Devil, you know what? I'm not going to believe you again. Ah, That's not how to fight. <laughs> if you have a matter that requires a fight... Have you watched those wrestlers before? Those boxers? Did they go in strolling and put their hand in the pocket and say, man, I'm going to beat you by the second round. Just watch. Is that the way they do it? The way they even talk, if the opposition is not strong enough, you will have failed before you enter the ring. Can you harass the devil today? Huh? I'll be leading you shortly. Try and use 10 minutes to pray. Amen? Number four. See new possibilities in every life circumstances. See new possibilities in every life circumstances. Keep seeing it. Because you're a product of what you see. What you see is going to influence your mind and your thinking process. Is that right? And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he's going to be. So see possibilities. See a new day. See that you can make it again. See that you can, you, can, you can do this exam and pass it. Somebody had passed the same exam before you and you are next to pass. See that it doesn't matter if there's no job anywhere. God can create a job for you. See possibilities. Say that to your neighbor. Say, see possibilities. See the possibility of enjoying your relationship. Of enjoying your children. See possibility in serving God joyfully. See possibility in being a great titan. The devil is injuring the church today with strangers teaching against titan. You are not smart if you follow those teachings. Why? The Bible says the whole scripture is profitable. Did you read it in your Bible? Say all scriptures are profitable. To direct all scripture, not Old Testament, nor New Testament. How many scriptures? All scriptures, old and new, is profitable to direct your life. And it says, Bring all your tithe to my house. You'll be a wise person to simply obey because it's profitable for you. Is that okay? Bring your offering. 
It's profitable. Say, but the pastors are spending it. Are you the one that called them? Leave them to the one who called them. You keep your own obligation. And let the one who called them judge them. Bible says the day a thief is caught, he pays seven times. He will soon catch the man. And he will pay at God's times, not at your own times. You are not the referee of the church. You are a worshiper in the church. Just do your own. Am I helping anybody with that? Just do your own. I begin to close you. Let's do this one last one. If you want to experience a full new beginning, then remember Jesus. The only reason he came is to give us a new life, a new help, a new beginning. We're all lost in our sin. And God, out of passion and love for humanity, sent Jesus to birth a new beginning. So the Bible says, therefore, if anybody be in Christ, he is who? A new creature. A new creature. The word new creature means a species that has not been before. So you can see your old self and your new self. Does that make sense to you? You don't get saved gradually. You get saved. Are you hearing me? Say, well, he's just left smoking. It's okay. Status a little alcohol. That guy is becoming a Christian now. Do you give back to a baby gradually? Oh, it's only the hand that just came out. Don't worry. She's delivering gradually. Oh, the old baby will not come. By next year, maybe the leg will come. And following year, the head will follow. And then gradually, he's going to deliver safely very soon. Just be watching. It's just three years now. If the guy is trying. It's not easy to just change like that. Is that the way you get, you deliver a baby? Because I see people still living in their sin and increasing religious practices and believe that I am changing. You don't change that way. Sin is sin. God hates it. You know what I'm saying to you? You, you either you repent or you have not repented. There is no gradual repentance. You say, yeah, stop smoking. But um, just two more bottles of alcohol. But um, it's even reducing it. It's reduced to one. Be praying or be praying. The guy is changing. I think I can marry him like that. When you marry him and you open the fridge, you will find the alcohol waiting for you. He will drink it and break some bottles around you. Jesus Christ offered salvation that can change a man completely if the heart of the man responds truly. Did you get what I'm saying to you? You know, our biggest challenge is she wants to change at God's times, at, his, at her own times. Say, Lord, yes, I know you don't like this, but uh, this can go. This one can still wait. Uh, we'll change next month again. I will change the following month, small, small, and then you will see that I have changed. That is your own Calvary. The Calvary Jesus went to, to die for you and I. The power that was generated at his resurrection can change a man in a moment. Who knows what I'm talking about here? You see a, a terrible person walk into salvation genuinely you will see the huge contrast immediately. 
Because something enters your spirit that hates all your wrong lifestyle almost immediately. That's what is called salvation. If that has not happened to you, then you have just increased your religious practices. You are not saved yet. A man who is saved, we see a careless lady. If it was before, he must sleep with that girl. But he just reports. Say, no, that was my old life. Jesus came and gave me a new life. This new life can take cigarette, can take drugs. This new life can have two, three girlfriends sleeping with them at different locations and promising each that they are the only one. This new life don't play a double life. His yes is yes. His no is no. You can go and sleep if you have this new life because you are trustworthy. The one who saved you is trustworthy. Are you with me? This new life makes so much distinction that the same guy you can resist before, every time that guy comes around you, your body is shaking and before you say, Jack, he's done sleeping with you. And you both still meet in church and you are dancing, looking at each other. You are crook. If a man is truly saved, if a lady is truly saved, you're going to see that same guy who messes you up regularly. But there is enough spiritual internal energy, power to resist him. I say, Joe, it's not business as usual. Something happened. And now I know that he touched me. Something happened to me. Stand with me, let's pray. Did you gain anything? So if anybody asks you, what did that Nigerian preacher preach here? If you thought I'm a Nigerian preacher. You're going to tell them that he talked about not combining the old life and the new life in one container. Did you remember that? For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.